a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 82. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams, joined today by the beefiest, hunkiest accountant in the business, Hunter Dorsett. Is that including Ben Affleck? Duh. You know that guy's not legit. Come on. I don't know. He seemed pretty legit, man. I recently just saw the accountant yesterday. I can't wait to hear about this account. <laughs> the account. The account. The God damn it. I don't even. <laughs> you can't say well, that you didn't plan that. Come on. I did. I walked right into that one, man. Well, Max is absent yet again, and that leaves the core of the witty banter soul. It's like. This is. I feel like I'm like fitting on an old glove. Dude, given that first beep when we came on, <laughs> it was it was weird. It was like homecoming, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is good. It's just you and I. I went ahead and I got all new news stories just for us. Yeah. Just for us to delight in. That being said, but, uh, we, uh, we missed the Maxes in here also. Of course. And I, I feel bad for the listeners because I feel like he's planted a spot in the hearts of the listeners now. I feel like uh, the people really, he's a, he's a showstopper. Yeah, he's firmly earned his keep. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely added a little bit of spice to our what was getting to be a kind of a bland flank steak. Our, oh, so so we're returning to the flank steak just for some good old oldies today. Yeah, exactly. All right, but <laughs> witty banter. Yeah, enough of that. We're gonna run out of fuel <laughs> real soon. Uh, witty banter reviews a beer every episode, and today we are reviewing the local legend sweet stout from Deep Ellum Brewing Company. So, have we done Hunter? a Deep Ellum beer before? I don't know. Uh, not that I can remember. In fact, I don't really know. I've seen a lot of their cans in stores, and honestly, I'm never really attracted much to their uh, marketing, but I don't think I've really had many of their beers. Right. I think the Dallas Blonde is the one that I always see um, like around and, and sort of it's in the, the mind's eye, but I'm glad that we got a little bit of a different one. There actually wasn't a whole lot uh, to be said about this online. And the only thing that they have, even on their website, is our latest year-round local legend, a sessionably sweet milk stout, is the perfect balance of roasted barley and milk sugar for a subtly sweet, silky brew. Available statewide this week. Legends aren't born, they're brewed. Why did they put this week on a website? <laughs> yeah. That's um, an odd one. <laughs> legends aren't born, they're brewed. It's 5.8% alcohol by volume, 23 IBUs. Okay. Uh, so have you poured it I up? Mean, you got to see it? I did. It's it's very dark. It's got a khaki leathery head on it. Hmm. Um that's sticking around a little bit. <laughs> but are you are you excited to dive into stouts? I know you're a stout man and I know we're getting closer to the winter season. I am. I mean, I um I'm glad that that the winter season makes it seem more appropriate to get stouts cuz I always feel <laughs> I always feel I don't know, maybe a little pretentious whenever I get stouts and porters during like the summer heat of texas as Uh though like i shouldn't be ordering that kind of shit but i'm like but i like this kind yeah well you know it's just my palate i can't really (laughs) handle the lighter bullshit anymore (laughs) but uh but no yeah i mean i'm excited for this one um i'm glad to kind of get a deep ellum one i feel like that's a pretty prominent um brewery in in texas they're from dallas and um yeah see what they got see if it's Um, uh all it's hyped up to be I'm sniffing it right now. Haven't taken a, a sip yet. And on the smell, like, it it smells roasty. Like, you can definitely just smell roasted hops. But there's also something kind of strange there. Do you kind of fuck, do you kind of smell anything like a little bit about of, it? A little bit of funk? Yeah. It kind of smells a little funky. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. But he, would you say it's attached to that roasty smell that you're getting? Or is that sort of a different identifier? Because I feel like it's just sort of like a funky roast. Maybe. I mean, I feel like I've been using this descriptor often uh, on these last few beers, and I'm trying to not like just fall into it. But I get a little bit of maybe earth tones in Mm -hmm. the uh, like almost like dirt or something. Like khaki. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit of like you were to chew on some khaki. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, no, I can I can totally get that. I can get behind that. Um, have you taken a sip? I have. Um, what do you think? I think sweet stout is appropriate. Um, in in saying you know, on the can, it's a, it says a sweet stout. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I guess I agree that there is a little bit of extra something there that it's not like it's just like a pure like sweet and then you're done there is a little bit of extra sort of funk and i think it is for me a little attached to the roastiness of it um i think it's fairly smooth um but not a whole lot is jumping out at me in comparison to other stouts i've had i guess Mm -hmm. Um, yeah this one seems kind of thin for some reason yeah like it's uh it just it just it drinks it just goes away real quick on me i don't know yeah i agree i guess with um, you know, with your stouts and porters and stuff, you get like a thicker norm. You you expect it to stick around a taste profile a little bit longer, and this yeah. one kind of washes away a little bit quickly on the back end. It's easy drinking, which like I think I'm okay with. But the fact that we just poured it and it's still cold and it's this easy, I'm a little worried for it. But <laughs> I, th- I think it's decent right now. You know, I like, think it has the ability. It has the chance to open up on us and and uh, and give a, a little punch of unexpected. Yeah, well, you know, just like this beer, we're gonna bud like a flower this episode. Lotus flower. <laughs> just gonna bring it out, man. So I gotta know. You saw the accountant. Was this a work trip? Yes, yes. Like <laughs> I have a I have like a really funny guy that I work with named Nate and uh he was like, "Oh, we got to do it, man. We're booking it. We got to go see this." <laughs> and there was like an incredible like, you know, I thought that maybe the only jokes I would get about it would be on this show, but like it was just all sorts of jokes in the office about us going and seeing this. And it was funny yeah. too cuz like I literally thought that the only thing that was going to be relating to accountant was that like Ben Affleck's cover was that he was an accountant, but yeah. it was actually like a pretty integral part of what he does in the movie. Like why he gets opportunities to like do all this crazy shit. And, yeah. um, there was a little bit of jargon in there and I was like, all oh, right, I totally know all this shit You're right on board, man. But it was funny because there were like some parts cause he's like in the movie, he's a, um, autistic, and, right, and as, uh, mo- as most accountants, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's, up, got a, everyone's got a strain in there, you know. No, <laughs> um, but he's like autistic, and so like he just like mutter stuff to himself sometimes. He'd be like, uh, "Balance sheet, uh, income statement," and I'm like, "Dude, come on." <laughs> I, I, that's I feel like South Park is about to mine this movie. Then, they that's might, the- dude. <laughs> that being said, like it reminded me a lot of John Wick. Where okay. what huh? It reminded me. I feel like John Wick had this feel where um, you they didn't really spend a whole lot of time laying groundwork and like giving super substantial plot to follow. It was sort of just like this is the premise and we're gonna go. Yeah, and it yeah. was kind of the same thing here where like they didn't spend a whole lot of time like trying to reel you in with plot line and story and stuff. It was really just like. He's an accountant and he's slightly autistic, but he's super badass. So here you go. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, overall, was it a good movie? Did you like it? It was a good one-stop shop. I don't. Was it like a ninety-minute just kind of thriller in and it out? Was, it was two hours. Oh damn! Buckle up. I, and I thought that was what was so weird is I don't know where all that time went because they didn't spend a whole lot of time really plotting through like substantial plot points. Like by the end of it, I was like, wait, is this? All of the, the movies, okay, yeah, they're going to end it here. Um, right. And huh. so, so yeah, I, I think that it left a little bit to be desired in regards of storyline, but it, it had some refre- refreshing, like, non-cliche aspects to it. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it, like, a solid B. All right, man. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. When I, I went on a company outing to the movie theater a year <laughs> ago, and we fucking saw Pixels. Oh wow! So, is that the Adam Sandler, Kevin James? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> it could it could be worse, man. And honestly, I think the worst part about it was like I was sitting through. I was like, well, I'm just here because it's free, you know. Yeah. And uh, as we leave, you know, some of my colleagues are like, yeah, it's just like I just didn't think it was that bad. Like everyone's <laughs> giving it all this shit, and and I was like, all right, I'm just. I don't okay. know. I don't know why, but I'm starting to really dislike Kevin James. Just like, oh, what do you mean you don't know why? It's like that guy is the worst. It's just like he used to have some sort of like subtle charm about him that I used to like, 
But uh-huh. now it's like anything he's in, I'm just like, yeah, we get it. You're fat, and you think you're funny because of it. Okay, you know, like I, mean, I don't like I don't like fat humor just for the sake of fat humor. What is the uh, what is the little yellow guys from Despicable Me? Uh, minions. He's like the minions of live action, in my opinion. See, I thought that you thought the minions were cute. Everyone likes the minions. No, dude, the minions are just like the most. The minions are the easiest laugh that you could possibly get. Okay. You know, I mean, I think the listeners will probably disagree with you. <laughs> I, I understand that. The minions are fucking hugely popular, but when I watch them, it's just like, we got funny voices and we make funny noises. And Head up, 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 up. Exactly. Yeah, they almost beep. I, I, if they beeped, I would not be surprised. Well, if they beeped, it'd be a whole other story. <laughs> they, but before we get into the news... Halloween just came and went. Did yeah. you do anything to celebrate? Um, not really. Um, you know, considering that it was on a Monday, really blows. Um, and so I went out. Sucks the wind out of you. Uh, yeah, suck me right in. Um, <laughs> I I went out the Friday before with uh, Mandy's coworkers, and so there was like a lot of people that were out and about wearing costumes and stuff. I didn't wear anything because I di- I honestly like literally don't have time to go and get a costume yeah. i've been working till like 10 every night so right yeah. um but yeah no it was fun and like I, I i it was i think it was the first time i like have not done any costume dress up at all for halloween since i was like five damn well so halloween i think is becoming one of my favorite holidays it's a good one dude like so we've got that place here in Austin called Lucy in Disguise yes. with Diamonds. Yeah. That's and it. it's just this fucking costume emporium, right? Yes. So I walked in there and I wanted to be Papa from Ghost this year, mm-hmm. but they just I couldn't really find like the, the garb I would need and it would just be too involved. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just be the Pope. All right. Because they yeah. had it, I found a religious section in the store <laughs> and it was just like for 35 bucks, you can be the Pope. I'm like, all right. So the night on Saturday night, I'm going to Ahmed's party, mm-hmm. which we know Ahmed throws parties. He throws good ones. Yeah. He likes Halloween parties. Oh, yeah. Always a good time. I put on my costume. takes like five seconds. And immediately I look in the mirror. I'm like, this is a fucking sick costume. <laughs> like, it looks good. I'm well, amped. My question is, could you not have just like done some face paint with your Pope costume? I could have. And we actually had some face paint. But like, it would have just looked a little too bootleg. And I would have then had face paint on. I was like, I'll just be the Pope. Okay. You know, like, fine. it's fine. You I know? understand. I'm keeping it simple. So, and I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to tell you a little story now, right? I get okay. to the party and like, you know, I feel like the good costumes of people who wear them good are when you like kind of, you are the character, you know? Right. Yeah, of course. And so I walk into the place. I've got like a case of beer and a fucking box of liquor. Cause you know that we're always bringing liquor everywhere. Got to do it. And I like approach the crowd. I'm like, what's it, what's, what's going on sinners? You know, I'm <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to party. I get into this one room and out of the corner of my ear, I hear someone say, I do not like that costume. <laughs> And so I turned around and I was like, I honestly, I honestly didn't know if like, that's what I heard or what. And I turned around, I was like, did you, I was like, were you talking to me? And I was genuinely asking. And right when I said that everyone that this girl was talking to kind of like froze up and looked at her <laughs> and she was like, I said, I love your costume. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks. You know, and I just sort of walked out. The night goes on. I'm doing more Pope antics. Like at one point, uh, someone busts out party favors and I can smell the party favors. Got you. And. I'm walking around and I'm like, I'm, I was like, someone here is burning a holy incense and I need me a piece of it. And I found these guys. We hung out. And so then. Hung out. Yes, we hung out. <laughs> <laughs> then this is where um, I took the Pope joke to its absolute extreme, right? Got to push the boundaries. Ahmed, gr- yeah, Ahmed, Ahmed grilled like 40 hot dogs. Of course. And I was like, give me, I was like, give me all the hot dogs. Put them on this platter. <laughs> I'm walking around with the hot dogs, right? And I come up to groups of people, and I'm like, you want a hot dog? They're like, yes. And the second they take it, I go, the body of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to make a little boy's wieners joke. Oh, no. I could have. That, like that, that could have been it. Dude, you should have broken it in half and be like, little boy's wieners? <laughs> the wiener of Christ? The wiener of um, Christ. And so I get to the group where that girl was. And I'm like the body of Christ, like, and all of her friends were just like, (laughs) is that a good laugh or is that too much? No, no, no. It was a guffaw. And then she, she was like, that is not okay. And so like, (laughs) 
And here's the deal. I knew going into it that this joke in particular was edgy, right? Yeah. But then for the rest of the night, this girl kept like anywhere. If I had like sometimes I'd have to get around her to like get another beer or something. It's like, all right, excuse me, like pardon me or whatever. And she would like whisper in my ear like, I hate your costume. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, that's just mean. You know, like I like my costume. She'd be like, I hate your attitude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I almost, I, I did, I never engaged with it, and a part of me just wanted to like whisper back, like, "God's not real," <laughs> you know, or just like. <laughs> well, I gotta ask: Was she dressed up as something? She wasn't dressed up as anything. Oh well, then that's the lamest. And I know, but so and he, so here's my question to you because I felt like there were some people there who was like, "Hey, cool, nice costumes," and then there were other people who were like, "Huh." This guy's dressing as the Pope. It's, and I just wonder, ridiculous. like, is, is should that be sacred? You know, like, should I not have done that? Like, was that, was dressing as the Pope alone too offensive? No. Why would they put a fucking Pope costume in Lucy in Disguise if that yeah. was a, out like, a, a blanket, controversial, too much for people to handle thing? Like... I agree. I, I think those are just people that don't know how to take a joke. Those are the same people that watch South Park and they're like, that's just no. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck you. Sorry. Like, we we have a better sense of humor than you do. I know. I just wanted to be like, look, people can come here dressed as, like, the president or, like, any other leader. You know, like, I'm going to dress as, like, as the pope. Whatever. Yeah. I It, it literally, you should not give even half of a shit. Uh, Good. I saw got- that. I saw Ahmed was... Uh, <laughs> A like a rave person. Yeah, right? he was like a festival drug dude. <laughs> he just had a bunch of pills and. Shit. And every once in a while, he would just come up and in very like hurried, paranoid terms, like, "Hey, man, like, uh, so you just want to take one of these?" And uh, like thirty <laughs> minutes from now, and like people would keep coming back up to him, be like, "Dude, like, it's not kicking in yet." He's like, "Well, it'll kick in. It'll kick in." <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, he had to be chewing gum like really quick. That's how. You know. Yeah, he had like uh, glow sticks and shit too. <laughs> it was a great time, That's but good stuff, man. Um, let's go ahead and bounce on into the news, man. Let's bounce this it up. is witty banter. All right, man. The first one, we're going to visit an old friend here. This comes Ooh. from dailymail.com and it reads the headline. Elon Musk is risking astronauts lives with plan to refuel SpaceX rockets while they are on board. Experts warn from NASA. This is okay. Keep going. Yeah, it was a thick headline. Yeah. All right. It reads A proposal by Elon Musk's SpaceX to fuel its rockets while astronauts are aboard poses safety risks. A group of science, in, a, a group of space industry experts that advises NASA has told the U.S. Space Agency. It says, quote, This is a hazardous operation. Um, <laughs> that's the end of the quote. Space Station, <laughs> space, space Station Advisory Committee Chairman Thomas Stafford, a former NASA astronaut and retired Air Force general, said during a conference call on Monday. Stafford said the group's concerns were hi- were heightened after an explosion of an unmanned SpaceX rocket while it was being fueled on September 1st. Causes of that explosion remained under investigation. Members of the eight-member group, including veterans of NASA's Gemini, Apollo, and space shuttle programs, noted that all previous rockets carrying people into space were fueled before rockets got, before astronauts got to the launch pad. Hmm. So, it sounds like this plan to fuel the rockets while the astronauts are on board uh, is coming under some criticism from astronauts. So, I get your take. I mean. Is there a benefit that might be had from them doing it in this way as opposed to the sort of uh, traditional fashion? It doesn't really say. I mean, I can only imagine that they're doing it for you know some specific reason that's going to give them a gain. Yeah. But it does seem like it would be an easy thing to just say, all right, in the interest of safety, we'll wait till they're not on the rocket. Yeah, I mean, the maybe to get on there. maybe the only thing I could think of is if they were using some sort of like super cooled fuel or something and they didn't uh-huh. want to like leave it in there for too long i literally know nothing about propulsion so yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i can only speculate shittily um but i mean hopefully i mean hopefully <laughs> musk is a smart enough guy to not uh just needlessly be putting people's lives in danger um yeah i want to get i want to get um max kelleher's thoughts on this and i'm i'm i'm, I'm waiting for that NASA episode with 
eagerness because there's a lot of shit that you and I like are saying now that we're not exactly sure of. Yeah. When I first read the title, I was ready to like go up to bat for Elon and be like, well, of course, like pushing technology forward is going to like, you know, involve danger. But then when you read it, it's like, yeah, I don't really see what he's what he's doing. But maybe this article just doesn't give enough information. Yeah, that might be that might be it. I, I mean, I was really sort of just more curious because I hadn't really heard. I, I feel like most of what I had heard in regards of SpaceX was sort of like unmanned, like satellite prototype kind of stuff. Like I hadn't really uh, um, heard much attachment to Elon Musk's activities and actual human uh, you know, like efforts that are being taken uh, by, by, by real people and astronauts. I guess I hadn't really heard that yet. Yeah, I mean, it says in the article that their um, human launch operations are working hand-in-hand hand with NASA, and he has spent 18 months identifying potential hazards and how to handle them. And it says that uh, SpaceX needs NASA approval of its launch system before it can put astronauts into space. So they do have to work with NASA here, and I guess... This committee is just showing like a, there's some points of friction right now. So, so is this NASA that's sort of having the controversy? Uh, because it has. To, you're saying that it has to go through them, right? Yeah. So this group that's putting up the uh, friction is a committee that advises NASA, and it's made up of former NASA astronauts and and so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah. That, no, that's interesting. Interesting to unfold. So yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to write that one down. We'll follow up and try to get more information on that one. Yeah. By the way, I saw a video about uh, global warming today. Uh, oh, yeah? Elon Musk was in it. And it was pretty, Hell yeah. It was pretty cool. It was good. It was actually by Leonardo DiCaprio. Y'all should go check it out. The whole movie is like on Facebook. So it's pretty good. I haven't, I haven't seen that. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, is it... I figured it's probably pretty alarmist, you know? Like, is, is, it, is it the kind of thing where you're going to be, like, depressed and think the world's over when you watch it? Or It's interesting because I actually went to a seminar about glo- uh, global warming and pollution uh, and emissions and stuff recently. And um, I've got two different point of views where one's, like, really for... Like, the Leonardo DiCaprio one is really more, like, it is a little bit alertist. It's forward-looking. It's saying, like, this is how we are now, and it's all messed up. And so we've got to try and, you know, make... a certain strides in the future to kind of combat this crappiness right now. Whereas like I saw another dude who spent his whole life and is like a super badass in energy and like mm-hmm. really knows his shit. And, uh, he, he didn't really do as much of like a forward looking thing. It was really more about looking at how it is now. And, um, he actually was showing a lot more like, well, solar and wind energy aren't really super like, um, feasible for widespread proliferation we're gonna have to really try and do like nuclear or some other way so uh, it was interesting to get the two different perspectives but i mean the 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 evidence that they were showing was pretty irrefutable it was like oh like this is this is a rope that signifies like how much the ice caps have melted in five years and it was like 300 feet long or something and i was like holy shit (laughs) yeah i mean I think those I, – I, I, I'm interested. I want to watch it for sure. Um, but I do know that like even with Al Gore's and Inconvenient Truth movie back then, like a lot of the stuff that they had said, you know, like this place is going to be underwater by – like the places that they said were going to be underwater now aren't, you know? Right. And that that movie was very alarmist in the sense that it was just like – it was it was scary. It's like we got to – it was apocalyptic feeling. And I, I feel like that's kind of like not the right way to go about it. And I and, – there's also just so many like the like plastics, right? We get plastics from oil, and like, dude, our our the world economy is going to have to adjust. So it's going to be such an involved process. I am totally. I think nuclear is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason why we can't put nuclear plants out in the middle of bum fucking nowhere, United States, where they're not going to be attacked. There's no fault lines or oceans. Yep. You know, it's basically like 99% the best, but the 1% that's not the best is like, it's fucking pretty yeah. tragic. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, what I learned most from the more from the dude who is like, like a super badass. I think his name is Scott, uh, tinker or something like that something like along those lines sounds badass he's a ut professor uh okay and he uh it was basically just that like coal is burned in most developing or not incredibly developed um countries in order to make electricity and so that's the biggest form of pollution so we just got to be able to like sort of skip 
the coal phase if we really for these developing countries if we really want to make like an awesome impact so yeah well cool that was a nice little detour oh of course now we've got a new story from reuters that reads facebook warns growth will slow shares dip huh and it reads facebook inc shares Shares tumbled 7% in after-hours trading on Wednesday as the world's largest online social media network warned that revenue growth would slow this quarter, offsetting strong earnings that handedly beat Wall Street estimates. Dude, this is the second report I've heard of this. This is starting to get kind of crazy. It says the slip reflected doubts among investors that the company can continue its runaway success even as it reported strong mobile ad numbers and steady growth in its enormous network, which ticked up to nearly 1.8 billion monthly users in the last quarter. That's fucking absurd. Yes. Facebook reported a greater than expected 56% rise in quarterly revenue to $7 billion, showing the company is claiming an ever-growing share of online advertising pie. Google's parent Alphabet last week also announced strong revenue and profit growth, while traditional media companies like the New York Times are struggling to stem ad revenues decline. However, in a call with analytics, Facebook chief financial officer David Weiner Weiner said (laughs) Weiner said ad growth would likely slow meaningfully due to limits on ad load or the number of ads that Facebook can put in front of its customers without alienating them. Huh. So. I feel like when I read this article, my first thought is nothing can run away with the momentum that Facebook has forever. So I feel like a, a slow, like a, a slow in growth is bound to happen sometime in the future. I don't know when. Yeah. But it's interesting to see that this is coming from their ability to to share ads, and I guess it just highlights the fact that most of the internet runs on ads. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of the profit that is driven by the internet is in the form of ads, for sure. So what do you what do you make of this? Two two separate thoughts, right? I'll back it up by saying, yeah, this is the second sort of report like this that I have heard this week. Under Armour apparently has a twenty percent drop in its market cap uh, because they had a third quarter earnings call saying, like, yeah, like we're doing really well and we're we're being really successful, but our revenues are going to slow a little bit, and so people are just like overreacting. I think it. My first reaction is just that the market is very not educated. <laughs> there's a right. lot there's a lot of reaction, like reactionary things where people that don't really understand how to actually look at a business and see if it's healthy or not, um, that really is sort of uh, evidenced by the fact that people are just like dropping ship if somebody says literally one sort of realistic probability about the future yeah. of their company. Like, this is the next thing. And there, everyone's just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, it makes me think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious. Like, when you get to a certain uh, size, you're not going to continue a 10%, 20% growth quarter over quarter, year over year. That's stupid. And right. people that don't, like, take that into consideration, Facebook is literally, like, the biggest of its kind. And, yeah, it's not going to continue. It, it really blows my mind that they had a 50% uh, 56% increase in revenues that, that blows my mind, even at this stage. Right. And they've only been around for like 10 years. So I don't know. It it really, for me, it just makes me feel like, um, either there are a lot of people in the stock market that are listening to these earnings calls. And the moment that they hear anything bad, there are these people that just want to buy and sell like really quick. And so they're just like, Oh bad. I'm just going to sell it. Or there's just a lot of uneducated people that don't understand that bigger companies are going to like obviously and naturally like not continue to grow at the same rate as when they started. So I don't know. Yeah, and it, it adds here at the bottom, but Facebook still has numerous avenues for developing new revenue streams. Its WhatsApp messaging app with more than a billion users currently generates little revenue, as do newer products such as the Oculus Rift virtual reality headset. And it says that Facebook is also aiming to continue to grow its massive user base. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I've read, I can't remember any of the facts, but there's, there's a, there's a bunch of papers being written out there, scholarly papers about how, how this ad model, how ads supporting the internet is actually going to end up just completely collapsing, you know, and things like that. that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, like logistically how that would work, but like ads are so strange because, 
it's so sort of like accepted now in business like methodology that ads are something that are going to definitely give you there's something that like every company feels like they need to invest in whereas like for a really long time it was really up in the air whether or not advertising was really even worth the cost like right you know like we could reinvest that into something else that would actually be more productive than the advertising sure um, but then you see things like Miller Lite and Bud Light, and it's like they're literally held up by the fact that they have the biggest advertising campaigns in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, I sort of hope that there is some sort of barrier that happens with ads where, like, I'm already getting pissed at ads because they keep inching more and more, where it's like, I used to just see like ads on every four or five videos that I'd watch on YouTube. Now it's like almost everyone that's like, uh, you know, 10,000 views or more. And sometimes they have two ads in a row yeah, halfway through or something. As it's well. fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, dude, yeah. and I can't even skip over the 30 dude. second. Ads. <laughs> Come on. So I, don't know. I feel you, dude. I, I fucking hate being advertised to in some regards. Like, it's something that's been there forever, even in the most basic sense, even as far back as the Stone Age. You could technically make a, a claim that ads have existed. But, yeah, I mean, you even get these websites that are like – they're like dummy websites created just to serve ads. And, like, if you go to – if you scroll to the bottom of um, – especially especially websites like the, the Chive or, like, Cracked, some of those more, like, popular uh, – really quick pick up put down content and you look at the bottom and you follow those links and you start following the links at the bottom of those pages and then the bottom of the ones that you just followed (laughs) it literally gets to the point where it's almost it's like a bot that's just creating articles just to be clicked on yeah and when you have this ballooning on the internet it's like this is clearly this is just bloat that's inflating inflating profit numbers that don't exist you know yeah dude it's like it's like machines that Create more machines until all you have is just a bunch of fucking machines. Just a bunch of machines. <laughs> Wanting you to buy a pill to make your dick bigger. But yeah, I think I think ads are like a huge reason why the <laughs> why the <laughs> why the internet is so like unruly. I feel like the I, I, I recently or not recently, at some point one of my friends uh, and I were talking about the internet and saying like that the internet was never really meant to be as grandiose and huge and like relied upon as it is now. And <clears throat> like the infrastructure that it has is just so like bigger and more pervasive than we ever thought. And I feel like a lot of that is through ads because it does just randomly generate bullshit that like people are. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. it's also should be said, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's something around like only 14% of total internet traffic is actually contributed by websites like Facebook and like human activity they, and shit. Well, no, I mean, the rest of it is like the dark web, like the other side of the 14% is like black market trading. Um, I don't know. How the fuck do you get there? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. And that's what I'm saying is like the internet that you and I see is just this tiny safe bubble of an ecosystem where like c- civilization exists. And then the rest of it is just there to launder money, buy drugs, hire hitman, like sell like people like this fucking crazy, dude. That's it's that's weird because I have so many different feelings about that. We're like one, I don't understand like how that hasn't like slid by me. Like I haven't noticed the ability to access that on my own just as a casual internet user. Right. But but also like if 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 all that you and I see is sort of like this safe bubble that we're talking about, like I'm wondering how controlled that is versus how uncontrolled the other one is where like if it's just the safe bubble, is that the kind of like that's all the NSA does? They just know everything about that safe bubble, or is it like they they really don't know the internet, so they can't track everything? I mean, I imagine that a good majority of our internet security on a government stand like level is probably searching through the encrypt- encrypted side of the dark web to find criminals and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I do know that you can you can wander into some dark places if you really search for it and you really want to, and it's the kind of thing that will fucking put you on a list. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Yeah. I'll just I'll just stick to, uh, to stick to Reddit. Yeah. South Park Central, all that kind of shit. Yeah. 
All right, this last news story we can just touch on really quickly. This one also comes from Reuters, and it's titled, Grand Theft Auto Maker Take-Two's Revenue Jumps 31.4%. And it says, Video game publisher Take-Two Interactive Software Incorporated reported a 31.4% rise in adjusted revenue driven by strong demand for NBA 2K17, the latest version of its popular basketball franchise, as well as higher downloads of its games. The company's share went up 5% at $47 in aftermarket trading on Wednesday. Take-Two, like rivals EA and Activision Blizzard, has in recent years benefited from a shift to high-margin digital business where players download games rather than buy physical game discs. Adjusting for deferrals, net revenue rose $47.94 million from $36.49 million in the second quarter um, ended September 30th, beating the average analyst estimate of $402 million. Um, a couple things I want to just touch, like I wanted to talk about with this new story is looking at the margin of profit that, uh, companies are now seeing with, uh, digital downloads. And I think that's just going to start, it's just going to move us one step forward towards that all digital future that I think is in the video games industry future. You know, yeah. I, there's a lot of people who enjoy, uh, there's a lot of reason to buy physical discs, right. especially with the way that entitlements work on these networks and such. Um, but I do think ultimately, and, and I'm a little bit worried because the argument is once uh, publishers can cut out uh, distributors of physical media and pr- manufacturing discs and shipping the discs that your games will actually end up being cheaper. I'm a little worried that once they see all of this money from charging still $60 because they have to do that so they do not alienate their retail partners, hmm. that they're not going to want to go back down. They're going to want to just keep that pure profit. You know what I mean? Yeah, get greedy with it. Get real greedy with it. And um, like go ahead. to the point of the idea that there is still reason to buy physical uh, games for entitlement purposes, like a, I think a perfect example of that is the frustration we had with me and The Witcher 3, you know, where yeah. like I, if, if we would have just sort of had the physical copy to be able to plug in, I would have been able to... I could have just given you The Witcher... Yeah. And giving you your save, and it would have been done. Or, or is there a way for you to just like load the game from the physical from the physical disc onto your drive or whatever? Yeah, but you have to have the disc in your system to play it. Okay, but yeah, yeah so like I don't know. Yeah, you could. Uh, that could have been essentially what would happen. But now I can't do it because I bought the complete edition, which is considered a completely different game, and it doesn't transfer right. for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like it's it is sort of. Um, so when you say that they won't drop prices because of their retail partners, I mean, who are the retail partners if it's starting to become digital only? GameStop is still a huge one. Best Buy, basically like any any place where a mom on for a present or for Christmas is going to walk into an actual store to buy a game, you know? Yeah, but like if, if, if we're moving to a more digital only future, then like where does GameStop come into the play for that? I mean that's that's why it's so interesting to see how GameStop is trying to adapt because for the first time they've been they've become a publisher of games. They've created their I forget what they call their, their publishing arm, but they've published games now and they're picking up more games to publish. We've seen them move into reselling um, uh, iPhones and things like that. We've seen them now they sell and they trade with uh, n- uh, old nostalgic uh, consoles like NES, things that can't be uh, bought digitally. So, so yeah, I mean, they're on the relic of uh, of of past gaming, I guess. Then I think so. I mean, uh, and who knows how it's going to actually play out? But I think everyone knows, like, the writing is on the wall for them that they have to they have to change. And the reason why I say that they have to keep prices the same, though, is because right now they will like if if Take Two decided right from now on, all of our games are thirty five dollars if you buy them digitally instead of sixty. Well, that's going to piss retailers off because they're like, you're now giving them incentive to not buy from us. Therefore, we're just not going to sell your shit, period. And that probably still is a sizable chunk of their revenue, you know? Yeah. Well, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure at some point it'll get to the point where like, we don't really care if you're not going to sell our shit, you know? Yeah. And I I think so, too. And And that's another thing that's interesting about this story is they are seeing such a big jump in digital sales that that transition's already happening, you know? Yeah, and it's it's funny because that kind of reminds me, like, they got to get a really clear-cut case with Blockbuster, with that happening between Netflix and how Blockbuster, like, almost overnight became irrelevant 
and obsolete. And so they get to kind of like see that and like try to adjust, but their business model, I would think is going to have a really hard time staying relevant. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see what this uh, publishing arm ends up doing, but one more thing I want to add that's not in this story, but that came out in the news either today or yesterday is Grand Theft Auto V has officially sold 70 million copies. And it's, cur- and it's currently the fourth best-selling video game of all time. After how long? Maybe what, like a year and a half or something? 2013. Okay, so three years. Three years, dude. And that, not only that, that's 70 million sales in this game, except for like random flash sales, has been a $60 game. Like, and, like the whole the, time? The whole time. They have no re- reason to drop the price yet because, dude, people just buy this fucking game. It's, it's crazy. Like... Above it is Wii Sports at 82 million units. Minecraft is at 106 million. And then you have Tetris at the number one spot. And the fact that Grand Theft Auto V is coming close to fucking Minecraft numbers, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the most um, the most interesting thing about it is those other games are sort of pick-up, put-down games. Whereas this is like the biggest expansive whole world beginning-to-end kind of video game that has those sorts of numbers. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Well, that is all the news. So let us take a quick break. Let we'll us on be back. on to a break. <laughs> if you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to Witty Banter Show at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. See, dude, I like that we're I like that we're starting to sit into the classic beeps, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a there's a range to the classic beeps that is still yet to be explored. <laughs> oh, there's yeah, so course. much there. Well, all beeps are really to be explored. <laughs> I mean, the the beeps are your canvas, really. Seriously, to just paint your personality. Your mouth is the paintbrush. All right, uh, what do you think about the local legend, man? It's been good, man. I I don't think, I don't like again. I I don't feel like anything necessarily is like jumping out that I'm like I really like this. But I don't. I also don't have any real big takebacks. So I don't know if that just means that it's sort of like I feel like it's maybe unsophisticated or something. If there's if it's, I wouldn't say it's complex, but I wouldn't say it's like a simple beer. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I guess I'm just sort of in a gray area with it. Like it's it's sweet but not too sweet. It's it's smooth but I, it kind I'm of washes kind of, down. I'm kind of there with you, dude. Like it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't feel like a stout to me in a lot of ways. Like it 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 does feel a little too thin. Like it, it feels like a stout light almost. It, it's almost it almost has characteristics similar uh, similar to some of the doppelbox we've had. Yeah, I think so too, but the thing is is that sweetness then it's like it hasn't almost it ha- it almost hasn't earned that sweetness like there's not enough to to hold it hold it up so it almost just feels like a flavored like it's just a sweet syrupy beer you know what i mean like yeah uh, yeah almost i mean we've used it before like almost like a, a soft drinky kind of right uh, i mean and there's still something weird about like that weird thing we got in the smell in the beginning i get a fucking strange aftertaste dude in the back of my throat. I don't know if you're feeling that at all. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's saying it's 23 IBUs, but I feel like I'm getting some of that weirdness from the hop characteristics in it. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it's it's something where whenever you taste sweetness, at least as far as we've gone, I feel like that sweetness usually comes from a particular place where you're saying, okay, well, this is fruity and sweet. This is thick and milky and creamy and sweet or this is high alcoholic content and sweet but i don't yeah. really it, it almost feels like it's more injected into this one and i don't I f- yeah it's kind of how i'm feeling as well there's nothing like crazy bad about it oh, but no. i think yeah. this is this is this is one that's just flying in a weird spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i agree so we'll see if it can uh round out at the end but yeah, uh, we got it we got our eye on you local legend yeah 
Okay, uh, let's go ahead and march on into our segment. Let's do a get to know your banners. Oh, hey, my name is. <laughs> hey, oh, no, you, oh, no, you no, go no, first. My bad. What, Have what's I seen your you favorite? Um, I'm Wait, sorry. You don't what think... was that? Get, get to know your, your banners. Been a little bit. Hunter, you and I have been playing some video games lately. Yeah. You just mentioned that you've gotten back into The Witcher. I want to just talk about what we've been playing. I just want to talk in a general sense what's going on in our gaming lives. Okay, cool. So you had to start a new save on your Witcher account. Yeah, I think that's going to be the bulk of what I have to say here because The Witcher has retaken over my sensibilities and uh, I can't stop myself from playing it again. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because when you, when you were first talking about, when you were talking to me, I thought when you were, you had just gotten the Witcher and I thought for you just being able to play the game was, was sort of what you wanted. But then as we try to go through the save process, I found out for you is really what you wanted was to pick up with the character that you used to have because you put so much time into it. And it was something that I was like, I was thinking about, and just recently, uh, a remastered version of Skyrim came out, and there's a bunch of players online who are like, I would love to play Skyrim again, remastered, but I can't bring my save over, so I'm not going to, because I feel like I've lost all that time. And so I think there are a lot of people on the internet that are sympathetic to to what you're kind of feeling. Right. I mean, in a way, it's like, it's like think about it like, you know... Imagine like you went on a on a worldwide tour, right? And you're a musician and you go on tour for like a year and you go to all these different places, but you play the same songs over and over again. But then like three years later, you have an opportunity to do another tour and you're forced to do the exact same one with the exact same songs. And it's like, right. that. it's just like, I don't want to do the whole thing again. But <laughs> I mean, and, and plus like I just got to this point where like, I reached like the whole point of what I was trying to accomplish in the original save was what's great about the Witcher is you just have this huge map and a bunch of question marks, right? And you just go question mark to question mark and try and uncover these places. You kill things, you get treasure, you move on. And there's probably like 500 of these things, you know? Yeah, there's so many. And so I'm like, I don't want to do all that again, but yeah. I basically just just bucked up and started started a new save. Um, my original save, I think, was on level like the difficulty two out of four, and so I pushed it up to three. You know, I know what I'm doing this time. So how's that been? Has that made the game more enjoyable for you? Because I often find that when you're competent at a game and you raise a difficulty level, that it it does enrich the experience. I think it does. I mean. Um, I think the biggest thing is within the game, uh, you can't meditate in order to re- regain health. Um, and also just like everybody's harder, you know, so, so you just have natural increase there and like, it's just easier to die. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like inability to sort of have like a instant out where you're like, Oh, I'm low on health. And like, you know, I could just meditate here. Um, th- since that's not there. Uh, it, it makes it a little bit more like I got to be on my heels I'm, or on my toes like all the time. So, yeah. Do you feel like do you play the games at all for any like role playing aspects? Like, do you feel like since I can't meditate and I have to go to an inn and buy food to eat that that is actually like bringing you more into the world? A bit. I mean, I wouldn't say that because you get to a point where when you start getting good and like your guy reaches a certain level, you just hoard all this shit like you have enough to be able to you have enough in your storage to be able to store everything you need so like i have like you know like 200 different items of food that i can use in order to heal um and so you never really have to worry about that but i i think going through this a second time uh it's been nice because i don't feel (laughs) it's sort of been a little bit more detached from the world, if anything, because I feel like I don't really want to listen to everything everybody's got to say anymore. I feel you. Um, but it also has been cool just to like really, you know, try and test uh, the waters with some of these bigger, more badass creatures. Like um, in, in the original save I had, you could fight somebody that was like a lot bigger than you and like still kind of whittle them down and beat them. Whereas like with this one, it's like really clear like up oh, can't mess with this don't, guy like yeah, i got to go with away. This dude. um and and so that kind of makes it where i can look forward more to like oh like you know these guys are clearly i'm not at their level so i'll come back i'll recircle back to that you know 
Right. Yeah, well, piggybacking off of what you were saying about uh, higher difficulty, making the experience better, and also talking about not really caring about the story, I recently started a new save on Fallout 4. And Fallout 4 was a game that last year, when it came, before it came out, I thought this was going to be the game for me that I was just going to play endlessly. And for some reason, I, I never played more than like four hours on a particular save. I stopped and started the game a couple times, and I decided to pick it up again this week and go back to it, except this time I'm playing on survival mode. Hmm. And it's like this new ultra-hard difficulty level where there's no fast travel. Um, your player will get, your character will get hungry. They'll get thirsty. They have a possibility of getting illnesses and they have to stay well slept. So what it (laughs) essentially does is it makes you like really role play the shit out of actually living in a wasteland. Wow. Yeah. And the reason why I want to talk about it, especially with people who are, um, you know, if you're a gamer and you listen to this show is it's, it's actually been a lot of people when they read those, uh, limits, they're like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to deal with that shit. But what I have found that it's actually made me engage with the game in a much different way and actually in a way that I think is much more enjoyable because now that I basically have I, – I don't care about the story, right? I don't want to fucking talk to people. I don't care about the story. <laughs> yeah. So now what I have is I have a bunch of status effects that pop up on my screen and are basically giving me tiny little micro goals. Hmm. You know, it's like my dude's hungry, so I got to go find food or I just shot all my bullets. I need to go find bullets. And it just giving me these little bitty things to take care of one at a time to just keep my character alive. And it's been really enjoyable. And in order to do so, I've had to use like the full breadth of what the game offers you as a player. Like I, I never fucked with any of like the settlement mechanics and I never fucked with any of like the crafting systems because I was like, I wasn't really interested in doing this. I don't want to do it. Now I have to do that if I want to survive. Hmm. And so it's just odd that like this kind of super hardcore way of playing has made the game almost like a new game. Yeah. You know, and it's just a, a new way to experience it. So I'm sure that they totally designed it that way, too. Whereas, like, if you're going to play on the lower level, maybe be a little bit more of a casual gamer, they're not going to make you. They're going to design the game in a way where, like, you can get through it without having to, like, really be bogged down by that shit. But, you know, they design it to where if you're willing to dedicate more time and play on a higher level difficulty, you got to really explore what they have to offer in the game. Yeah. But, I mean, I have a huge long list of games I've played this year, and I'm actually really looking forward to our end-of-the-year podcast to kind of go through them all. Um, I've been playing a few in the past couple of weeks, but I also I want to mention I've been playing I've been playing fighting games all year, and I've been playing this new fighting game called King of Fighters. But, Hunter, I'm getting to the point now where I don't think fighting ga- – I don't think I'm good at fighting games, just period. Oh, come on. I'm serious, dude. Like, I, w- I sat there this last weekend, and I spent, I'm telling the truth, <laughs> four hours in the training room practicing combos with my dudes, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I was like, because it had been like a couple weeks since I practiced. I've been getting my ass kicked. A little rusty. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, fuck this, dude. Like, I'm going to spend time this weekend to train. And I fucking trained my ass off and I went and played and I fucking sucked again. <laughs> and it's getting to the point, like every time I play, everything that I've learned is out the window and I just freak the fuck out and just press buttons, you know, like well, you're talking to like, the master of button of button. That's what I'm mashing. saying, dude. I feel, I feel just like you tell us how you feel with some of these other like Twitch heavy games or whatever, where it's getting to the point where like, I don't know if I like mentally and physically have the capacity to do this shit. Yeah, no, I think about that almost in every game. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but like again, I, not to not to keep harping, but that's kind of like what I like about The Witcher is because like you have some stuff where you have to react. Obviously, like you're fighting people, so you have to kind of like react and do stuff. But it's not like you're bogged down in like microseconds of reactionary discipline in order to be sure. able to overcome some of that shit. And that's the same way with like. Um, you know, with, with like turn-based strategy games, I, I like the fact that I can like process what I need to do before actually doing it. You know, I, yeah. I, I like the more, the mental aspect as opposed to like the physical reactionary stuff in it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm starting to feel you, man, on that frustration. I'm getting a little de-winded on, on some of my efforts. Maybe you got to just pick up the Guitar Hero again, man. Really start yeah. honing that reactionary reflex. A little masturbatory video gaming. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and march on over. I already used march. We can't say that. Let's waltz on over to the mail corner. It's it. It's (laughs) 
Now, this is a close one, man. We've gone weeks in a row getting questions, and I've got to solicit everyone. Listen, wittybantershow at gmail.com. Tweet at us at wittybantershow. Leave us a comment on Facebook, facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. Send us your questions or go to our website, wittybantershow.com, because that is how the show gets its lifeblood, and you guys make the show better. We've got one question this week, and it comes from none other than Dunter Horsett, who is the man keeping the show alive. Um, cause if we don't get, if we, if we lose this streak of mail, I'm going to, I'm going to be hurting. I wonder how long it's been since we haven't gotten any mail. It's gotta be at least like over 20 episodes, which for I us think so, is dude. a gold mine. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Highlight of my year. Okay. Um, his, t- his title is now I feel bad about making fun, making fun of Ben's last name since he takes the time to listen to my Xmas wish list. <laughs> good you should feel bad yeah that was kind right, of but his, a dick move this is what his email reads he says comment on the greater debate Krispy Kreme was great in the day but it has taken a nosedive since our childhood I'm siding with Hunter and Darian Woo-hoo! Shipley's is the better donut chain <laughs> but their kolaches suck he says ah man well I'll take I'll take what I can get I just disagree so but thank you <laughs> yeah, thank just, you. you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> All right, and he says, anyway, if you were transformed into a girl, what would you be most excited about? Till next time, Loogie Liquors, Dunter, no knickknacks, horset. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, it's uh, fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's putrid. Um, I don't know. I think it entirely depends, and I don't want to be shallow. I don't want to dip into the shallow territory, but I think it entirely <laughs> depends if I'm a hot girl or not. Yeah. If I'm a hot girl. Depends if on like, if you're good or math or not. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm talented, um, yeah. I would, I mean, cause I, I feel like if I was like an attractive woman that like general male populace thought I was attractive, I would just like the power that I had in that, you know, right. there's just a general sense of like, Oh, uh, Hey, how's your day going? You know, like, can I do this for you? Um, right. that you don't take get advantage of the plebes, man. Like, like it's kind of like this. Um, we have sort of these like old, like, not impressive security guards at the client that I work at. And they have to like let us out in order for us to leave when we're working really late. And, um, every time that I have to like ask them to open up the gate in order for us to leave, he's always like, Oh man, this is a pain, man. He like, right. he like makes it like, it's like, I'm an asshole for like, asking Oh, actually him to this do is your his, job. Yeah. Thank you. Not only, <laughs> yeah, not only is that his job and that's literally the only thing that he is doing. He's sitting on a golf cart otherwise, but <laughs> I've been working for like 15 hours. Like, don't right. don't tell me I'm being a pain. Like, fuck you. Anyways, <laughs> he says that shit to me, but I have I work with three other girls, and he never says that kind of stuff to them. He's always like, "What do you got going on this weekend?" Well, I'm gonna head out to Lake Charles and blah blah. I'm like, dude, I can't imagine ever that guy asking me what I'm gonna do this weekend. Um, yeah. So I think it would just be the general sense that people would like, sort of tend to you um but if let's 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 pull it back and say i'm not an attractive well hold on let let me then let me answer as the attractive girl okay cool go i'm the attractive girl i'm a fan even just my own life of clothing and style and when the options for women in terms of how you can present yourself with clothes are much deeper yeah and i would love to just go on a fucking huge old shopping spree Mm mm-hmm and then become an Instagram supermodel. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. And you could do it because you can it's, do it. it's not like it takes like you know incredibly sophisticated intellectuals in order to be like sought after on Instagram. But uh, a good cameraman. But yeah, um, a good cameraman, man. Well, let's pull it back. You know, let's right. let's say Dial that it back. let's say we can't take for the idea that we're we would, homely. Yes. <laughs> We'll keep it. We'll keep it nice and euphemistic here. Um, I like this. That's kind of tough because I, I I can easily think of things that I like being a guy instead of a girl for. So to flip the tables, it takes a little bit of thought. Um, I think I would like. I think that there is a communion. Um, between girls who are actually friends that um, is sort of hard to come by. Like that guys like, I think guys have like 
overall probably healthier relationships because it's less like uh, i'm talking generals here we have to talk in generals here gotta paint with a broad brush we have to paint with a broad brush i'm gonna i'm gonna preface it here yeah, I think, we're talking about 50% of the population. It's going to be broad. I think that women operate on a higher social plane, and there's a lot more sort of subcontext in their relationships. But that being said, like when girls are happy and excited, it looks like they have it's, – it's like a dog getting to try and bite bubbles. You know, it's like <laughs> – they look like they are so – like having the best time. And I feel like I can. Yeah. I feel like I can never get like that riled up unless I'm like kind of drunk or like you know like it's just a great, fantastic day. Like girls get. It's hard to get you excited, man. Girls get super stoked about like dumb shit sometimes, and like I kind of <laughs> wish. I kind of wish that I had that enthusiasm, and I think if I had some other girlfriends that were spurring me on, I could see it happening. Sure, man. I I think I'm kind of in the same line with that, where I would just want to go on like a six girl girl night romp you know i want <laughs> to see what that shit shoes fuck yeah we got pocketbooks fuck guys tonight <laughs> fuck dudes i want to see how girls operate without a fucking lens you know yeah. i want to see what that what the communion looks like what the speech and how it goes down man yeah that being said i mean to to round out my thoughts i am glad that girls do what they do because i couldn't do it <laughs> Yeah, in a I lot mean, of I'll, different respects. I will also say as well, if I was a chick with the biology of a chick, I would want to see what it was like to think. Because, like, I know, I know <laughs> what this <laughs> to think. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, let me finish, damn it. <laughs> I know what it's like to come up on a on like uh, like say it's like a movie star or something like an attractive woman and be like, wow, like that is a fucking attractive chick. And I know why I think that chick's attractive. Right. I wonder what Chase would be like as a girl looking at attractive dudes. What would Chase think was hot in dudes? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that girls are better about this because I think women on average are more prone to think people are attractive, not purely for physical reasons, which I think is a great thing to strive for. Um, <laughs> because guys can be extremely uh, aesthetic in the reasons why that they think that women are attractive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I always think it's interesting whenever you like see a girl who thinks another guy is attractive and you're like, that guy? You know, like, yeah. why? <laughs> like, not that Something he's a, stupid like, he's got like this lopsided red head. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That does it for you. All right, man. D- Dunter, thank you for the question. That was a fun one. Yeah, I'll take it. And I'm taking the call to action again, guys. Let's fill those mailboxes up, wittybantershow.com. I want some questions next week for when Max returns, because we need a good homecoming for that fart fucker. For sure. And, like, we've we've spread out our social media presence to where you can literally access us anywhere that you want. So just do yeah, it. Yeah, we're like social media sluts. We'll take it from Stick anywhere. Stick it anywhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just sit on our bike and go. All right. I know, I know that reference. Okay. Hunter, what's the verdict on this beer? So, um, I guess there is like a little bit of this like bitter kick. I wouldn't say like halfway and I wouldn't say at the end of the profile, like three fourths into the way of me drinking this, I get this weird like romp of like bitter (laughs) kick in it. Um, and so I think that, it's in that characteristic that I don't really like it sort of the most um, because I feel like whenever I'm looking for a quote-unquote sweet stout, um, right. I want I feel like I usually have a little more consistency uh, throughout the, the taste profile and there's not like a volatility with what I'm getting. And that being said, I mean, I, the sweetness just doesn't come about naturally for me. Um, and, right. Um, that being said, I, I think that... I think that there is something good about having sort of a shorter profile for a, uh, a stout where there's a lot of them that just linger around and make you kind of like, you know. <laughs> oh, God. I kind of, yeah. Uh, dude, by the way, hold on. I had, right. a, I had a haircut. Put a pin in it, dude. I had a haircut recently from this Asian lady who was like 70 years old and had probably a oh, half no. inch of cracked makeup on her face. And oh. she, she did that the whole time. 
Dude, I would have fucking thrown up. She was like cutting my hair, like wiggling her, like could barely even stand up and going. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. Bag of bones. It was like horrible. I tipped her extra. One hand cutting your hair, the other slipping into the sands of time. (laughs) But anyways, like, yeah, I just, I feel like this beer, um, it's, it's hard for me to nail down. Like, I wouldn't say it's sophisticated or complex, but I don't think it's like refreshingly simple or, or, or dare I say it straightforward. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't earn its simplicity in any bold way. Yeah. It's not like a profound simplicity or anything. So yeah. I'm going to give it a six, you know, cool. I, I, yeah, I don't I'm, think it earns a great beers title. I'm going to, I'm going to do a 6.5 and I'm going to just kind of echo the things I've been saying. It's got a really good roasted malt nose on it and a good roasted malt flavor in the taste profile. They, they've got the backbone of what the stout style is. It's there. Um, it did have this weird smell and I don't know if that was just sort of like some earthy, maybe nutty tones, or if it was actually kind of something funky and maybe like not, maybe it's like a, uh, a problem with the fucking yeast or something. Who knows? Right. <laughs> like, but it, it, it comes through in the aftertaste for me as well, where there is like just this kind of, there's something a tad off putting about it. And it's, it's nothing that's egregious. It's nothing that like, I don't think everyone's going to feel this way about it. I don't you know? either. Yeah. I think we're particular. Yeah, and and I do think it's a little thin for what I expect in a milk stout or in, in a in a no oh no it is a milk stout. I think it in is a milk a, stout. It's a sweet milk stout. Yeah. Yeah, and so I would have liked a little more backbone to it. I would have liked there to be more to counteract that roasty malt than just sweet uh, milk sugar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So six point five, but I agree with your analysis, good sir. Hell yeah, that's because you and I. The soul of witty banter. We've been doing this for a while. Cut from the same cloth, bruh. I hope you fuckers enjoyed episode 82, just me and Hunter, because we're going to bring back that clown next week. Yeah, man. It, it, it Honestly, I was excited to uh, just go retro, you know, Yeah, for a show. We'll throwback. Yeah. We've picked up this old save. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, that's been episode number 82. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Witty Banter Show. Go to our website, wittybantershow.com, facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. We're there as well. Find us on iTunes by searching Witty Banter and hitting subscribe. And if we're on any other services or we're not on any other services that you use, please let us know and we will get there as soon as possible. Hunter, it's been a fucking pleasure, man. It's been a Here's pleasure coming to an you. end. We're doing it. We're doing it good. <laughs> So, we're uh, doing it, I and we're, we're I, I was like, I, yeah. Bye bye.